Well, thanks so much for watching Speaking of Founders Mission. I'm Stephanie Fields, and today I'm happy to have Corey Tao, who is a leadership entrepreneur. So thank you so much for being here, Corey. Yeah, awesome. Excited to be here, Stephanie. So I'm just going to start with what you're dealing with right now. You worked at a tech company, the same one that I did, and we were both laid off. I was laid off in an earlier round related to COVID, and then you were related, uh, laid off very recently in another round related to COVID and restructuring. So it's impressive to me because I follow you on LinkedIn and you're always posting the most motivating things to people and being so transparent with what it's like to deal with. So tell me, why was it important for you to share your story and try to get that out to other people? Yeah, yeah, I think a couple of things. One is uh, sharing my story helps me. <laughs> and so it helps me to, to remind myself that at the end of the day, I control my frame, right? At the end of the day, the story that I believe about my circumstances can be shaped, shaped by me. So I can choose to you know, throw a pity party, be negative, be a victim of my circumstances, or I could choose to frame it up differently and to use it as an opportunity to, to launch me into to what's next. And so part of the sharing of the story is, is like therapeutic for me, right? I get to, I get, to get it out in a, in a creative way and, and, and be able to share it that way. But the other piece is that I know that our experience is something that a lot of people in this country are experiencing now. And I see it every day. I see it every day on LinkedIn where there's posts of people who are out of work, looking for a new job um, with the pandemic impacting business. There's, there's all these aspects that are impacting people. And if, and if I can help inspire them in a small way and remind them that, that they can choose to, to view this in a certain way, in a positive way, then I want to be able to do that as well. And so dropping you know, posts on LinkedIn, I know people are there looking for jobs and if they come across a post and it inspires them um, and encourages them to keep moving forward, then that, that's a win for me. You certainly inspire people. Every one of your posts manages to get tons of interaction. You ask super thoughtful questions. Why do you like to help people think about it? I, your posts always have a really amazing story and then they always have some kind of thought-provoking question. <laughs> what are the questions that you have on your mind and why are they important to share? Yeah, I'm trying to create a conversation. I'm not trying to just drop content. It's how do we create uh, a connection with people? And it's not just with me, it's with other people seeing that there's, there's a power in numbers, right? That we are not alone in whatever it is that we're experiencing. It could be a layoff experience or it could be, hey, I'm a, I'm a people leader in an organization and I'm just struggling every day to show up feeling like I have what it takes to be successful. And so how can, how can I create a conversation and inspire them to, to connect further and using a platform like a LinkedIn or whatever, there's other platforms too, it helps create that connection with people so that we do get practical tips and inspiration, but we also have the ability to, to connect and know we're not alone and whatever it is that we're trying to, to tackle. I think that says a lot about the type of team that you foster, because at the tech company that you worked at, you were a leader and you would, you've had some leadership development classes, and that's clearly a passion of yours. And you have so many people on your team who would go to bat for you because they loved how you supported them. And I think it's rare to see a leader who cares that much about the personal development outside of work even. I think to take a you know, step back before I answer that is that why, why would I do that, right? And I think it's, it's a fundamental belief that, you know, I believe that it's not just, uh, you know, 
the right thing to do. I think I believe it's the right business strategy. I believe that that if um, you equip your leaders, if you have engaged people, that ultimately is going to accelerate whatever it is you're trying to accomplish as a business. And if you're missing one of those, think of it as an equation. If you're missing one of those, if you have unequipped leaders or disengaged leaders and you have disengaged associates, it really slows down what you're trying to do as a business and the value you're trying to create in the world that, that you want to create it in. And so it's a leadership, it's a leadership strategy. It, it really is. And so, um, and what motivates me is that, that I believe every single person deserves to have a great leader. I just believe that. And I believe that every leader deserves to be equipped and positioned to be great as well. And so I just, I just take that approach with my teams is that, that the people on the team at the end of the day are the ones who grow the business. It's the people that grow the business. And if you don't have engaged people, growing a business is going to be so much more difficult to do. And so I just choose to invest in that. And so whenever I, I talk to, it's funny because uh, um, when I think about, like, I think often about what my kids teach me about leadership. I have three kids and I remember helping my, my daughter who's 10 with math and she's learning the order of operations. And I don't know if you remember like the order of operations. I but, don't remember anything about math. But it's like, it's the, it's the formula, right? Of, okay, if you have, if you have like, you know, this math equation that has addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, all in one equation, which one do you mm -hmm. do first, right? And there's, there's a formula for what you do and how you work ultimately through that problem to get the end result. And so when I think about leadership, there's an order of operations in my mind of, of the order that things need to go in to ultimately get the result that you want. And it starts with, with making sure that I'm healthy as a leader, because if I'm passed out as a leader, then I'm gonna be ineffective. And then it gets to developing your team. And when we develop our team together, as the teams grow and we're able to accelerate our business results. A lot of, a lot of organizational leaders start with, with the business results. It's right, let's just deliver business results. 99% of our conversations are about your results and they bypass developing people. And even they bypass making sure that they're growing as a leader themselves. And so I just take that approach. When I think about leading teams, it's okay, I wanna make sure that I'm growing. I wanna make sure my team's developed. And then we're going to deliver results because we're part of a team that's part of a business. But the develop my team piece is, is critical just because I believe that, that at the end of the day, it's the people. And if the people are engaged, growing, clear, they work in a safe environment where there's trust, those types of things, um, there's no, no telling and there's no limits to what we can do together when it comes to actually doing the, whatever it is. If it's you know, writing software code, if it's uh, uh, dealing with customers or managing customers, implementing software, project management, driving the culture, doing learning and development, you know, all these things, no matter what we're doing, if we're growing and we're engaged, we can accelerate the value of what we're creating as a team. Why do you think so many high level leaders don't understand that? You'd think yeah. that in theory, they've spent potentially decades getting to the roles that they are. How does that get lost? Because yeah. I know data is the hot thing and everybody says, you know, data, 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 data. But it's like they don't look at the data about people. <laughs> you, right. you have to be able to motivate the people because you're so right. The people are what drive the business. And you've used the example of Chick-fil-A before when you and I talked separately. 
And it's true. Chick-fil-A has amazing people and they treat their people kindly and their people over deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And the Chick-fil-A thing just to, to, to share with the audience here is, is how they intentionally decided between two things. They could, they could use their people to grow their business or they could use their business to grow their people. And they chose the latter. They chose to be intentional about, hey, we're going to use our business to grow our people. And at the end of the day, that accelerated the growth of their business. So it kind of all comes, comes together. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think about that a lot. It's like, how, how, do, how do people continue to rise in leadership? But yet, to be honest, they're, they're not very good leaders. Uh, they may have authority. They may have a title. But they're not really, really leading their team. The people don't follow them because they want to follow them. They follow them because they have to, right? Because they're, they're the boss. And I think a couple of things come to mind. One is that... Uh, I feel uh, this is what I call the sophistication bias with leaders is I, I feel that that uh, a lot of times we complicate what leadership is and we think that that the solution to my problem I'm trying to face it's got to be sophisticated there has to be this sophisticated complex solution to this problem I'm experiencing in my organization but the reality is that it's it's the simple stuff that that has the biggest impact and simple doesn't mean it's easy to do, but it just means it's simple. And so like, for example, give me an example is uh, I will tell leaders often that the most powerful tool that a leader has in their toolbox is their one-on-one -on -one meeting. And they're like, a meeting? How can a meeting be the most powerful tool? And it's like, well, let me, let me tell you how it's, a, it's the most powerful tool. And we talk about how the one-on-one -on -one meeting is the place where you, you drive clarity, you cultivate trust, you create an environment where you can ensure you're aligned, you're working on the right priorities, you're connecting with the individual below the line, you are uh, giving and receiving feedback. I mean, think about it. If you do it every week, then the longest you'll ever go misaligned is a week. And people think, oh, that's too simple to do that. I need something sophisticated. And so I think as people grow, um, they have to protect against falling into the sophistication bias. And the second is I feel that uh, and I've, I've experienced this being a senior leader in tech, tech organizations in my career. There, there, it's what I call the, the two leadership kryptonites. And it's, it's isolation and abstraction is that, that the further you, go, you, you grow and you go up in leadership in an organization, you can be tempted to become abstracted. It's like, well, what does that mean? It, what that means is that you start to make decisions, decisions based on a spreadsheet. You don't really understand the people behind the spreadsheet that are impacted by that decision. And you can make some really, really bad decisions that, that really are hard to reverse um, for you as a leader and potentially for your organization. And then isolation is another one. You just become isolated from people and, and you can start to make bad decisions. You can start to be unchecked. You can become unhealthy. So I see leaders that as they grow, they, they have these temptations right around too sophisticated or looking for sophisticated answers to problems they're trying to solve or they become abstracted and isolated. And underneath them, they don't realize that, that their teams are not happy and they're not engaged or they're not clear or they don't know what the priorities are or they're not aligned. They don't feel connected to the mission. They don't know what their contribution is. And all of that added together means the business slows down. So the strategic stuff we wanna do comes to a screeching halt because you need the power of those people to be able to, to drive, to drive those results. And you just don't have it whenever you're abstracted, isolated, and you think things are, should be sophisticated. It's funny, whenever I used to listen to Howard Stern, 
I remember one time, I don't know if it was when he was going to Sirius or something else, but he was talking about um, leaders and, you know, probably talking about all the terrible bosses he had when he was working in FM radio. And he said, I've never seen a place that had a ton of offices functioning well. He said the best places that have functioned well and the leaders have, that actually have had an impact are the ones that do have an open door policy and it's an open space where they can be part of the team or at least accessible to the team. And that has always stuck with me because if I walk into places and you can see how segmented the different leadership teams are and away from the, you know, the workers yeah. who are doing the day-to-day -day basics of the business, you can see it. He's not wrong about that. And then the other thing that you just said that struck me, you were talking about um, the C-suite people just becoming a boss. And there is a huge difference between boss, which just sounds like somebody forcing you to do things and managing your life for you, and a leader who is somebody who's going to help you grow. Right. Yeah, but definitely it's funny because I actually, uh, I'm from Atlanta originally, and I'm a big Atlanta Falcons fan. And the owner of the Atlanta Falcons is the founder of Home Depot. And I heard a story about the two founders of Home Depot to where they used to be, or you're talking about, they used to be very um, you know, isolated in a lot of meetings as executives, meeting just with each other, but they changed their strategy to where it's like, hey, as an executive, the, the expectation for you is to spend 80% of your time in the, in the stores. And he said, they talked about how that dramatically changed their, their strategies. Like decision-making became easy because they were close to the people doing the work and they knew the right decisions to make to help the people do the work. And so you look at great companies like Home Depot or you look at even Chick-fil-A, you know, companies like that, the leaders are always connected with the people who are closest to the people doing the work for customers. And they see how hard that is and they see what problems they need to invest in and solve so they can make better decisions. It's so amazing. It seems so simple, but there must be some barrier. There's some, some block there that people just can't get past whenever they're thinking of that. And so you were saying before that, again, when we talked before that you are also a leadership entrepreneur. And so tell us about some of the things that you're doing and what your mission is on that front. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I believe, and I've said it kind of alluded to this a couple of times that equipped leaders, if you equip your leaders, you can accelerate your business results. And so my, my mission, passion, purpose is to, to really build generations of leaders who have what they need to show up every day and excel at what they do. And again, I, my, my experience is, is in running operational business units, right? It's like doing it, doing it in the real world, like with my teams over a number of years. And so I know what it's like to, to feel that you don't have what it takes. Um, and I see the business impacts of that. And so the things that I'm working on are really, how can, can I help organizations and teams of people in a lot of uh, variety of different ways to, to be established and equipped and ultimately elevated. And they, they really experience it. I think that in general, and this is from just my personal experience and experience of, of others, is that leadership development inside organizations in a lot of places is broken and it doesn't it doesn't end in the result that people want right so a lot of people think let's just send our leaders to a two-day conference and they're going to come back transformed and we're going to experience the elevation it's like the conference was probably great but when they come back and hit the real world again they either don't apply what they learn 
or they do apply it and it doesn't, it doesn't work the way they expect the first time they do it. And so in a lot of places, leadership development is, is not working. And so my passion is to, to help companies build something that works, that really, really they experience the elevation and, and they experience it through engagement. They experience it through um, the results that the business delivers. There's a lot of different ways you can measure it. But, and so I'm working, I'm working a lot on that. Um, and looking at companies that, that are already in that space doing it and other opportunities to, to connect with them, to help in other you know, ways add value. Um, fortunately in my career, I've been part of several startups. And so I've had the privilege to, uh, to work and lead a lot of the different functions in an organization. And so just that, that empathy and understanding of what, what people are going through as they lead their teams and how can we give them things that actually work and um, actually allow them to feel better when they come in every day at work, that they have what it takes to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. Have you ever been in a situation, because it's clear that you're an optimist, that you've gotten there and you just thought, I can't do anything here? Or do you always go in and even the, what might seem like the most hopeless case, do you still see a way to tr turn that around? Does that excite you more? What's better when you go in and you see a team that, is doing it really well and you're excited to be part of that and continue leading that or when they need help? Yeah, I can, I enjoy doing both. Um, I think the transformation piece, I kind of, it's funny because I kind of find myself a lot of times doing the transformation work with teams. Uh, I like that. I like building things, um, whether it's teams or organizations or startups or people. And, and so both of those, those uh, really energize, energize me uh, when it comes to you know, stepping into to opportunities and they each have their unique unique challenges that you that you come with but kind of to your question of you know being an optimist and um, it's something that that's a choice that I have to choose it's not Pollyanna stick your head in the sand it's I'm gonna you know, confront the brutal facts of whatever our situation is together we'll do that but we also have the hope that together we can overcome whatever it is that that we're trying to overcome and so, but I do think there are times where, like in my career, if I get in a situation, personally get in a situation where I feel like I can no longer influence change, that's a big thing for me. It's like, I, there's a value misalignment to where uh, my voice no longer carries the weight that it needs to drive the change that we need to drive. And so at that point, it's like, I, I probably need to go somewhere else to, to drive uh, value and change, which is okay, right? It's not, it's not always a bad thing. It could just be a misalignment with, with me and, and the team or organization. For other people, it's perfect for them. And so there are times where it's like, this is, uh, this is not a fit and I can't do the things that, that I would need to do to be able to get the results that we wanna get. And at that point, we just go do it somewhere else. You posted a good article that you wrote the other day. I think you wrote it a while ago, but you shared it the other day about five times you know it's time to leave that job, yeah. which I think is kind of provocative because people just don't, especially in a COVID time when you're terrified of keeping the job that you have. I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how could I leave a job? You know, but sometimes it is the right move to make. It is. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, having, having, um, some conviction and clarity on what's important to you is important, right? So for me, it's things like when I can't influence change, whenever you know um, there's a misalignment in the vision and the mission, you know things like that are important to me. Other individuals may have other things that they're that are their top five or top three, 
And I think it's important to have clarity so that you can you can evaluate, right? Because I think thing for me was uh, and is I want to in my life I want to I want to minimize regret as much as possible, you know. And it's like I don't want to stay in a, a situation that for me personally is not um, challenging me and pushing me forward. And then a year from now I'm going to be writing in my journal or asking myself, like, why am I, why am I still in the same spot now that I was a year ago? Um, and without clarity on, on what criteria should I use to evaluate decisions that I make, we'll just stay stuck and we'll feel stuck. And it's just a terrible place to be whenever we feel stuck. And so a lot of people may feel that and people have to use their wisdom, right? As far as, because there's a lot of things you can do. And, and this is what I've done just from my startup ventures is you're, you're, you're working on things in parallel, right? And so don't feel like you have to quit your job to do your next thing. There's things that you can do today to move yourself incrementally forward in what you want to do while you have your job. And I would say that's probably, that's the best thing that you can do is to try that. So whether it's starting a business or um, if it's writing a book, if it's you want to you know, speak and teach, or you want to volunteer, or you know, whatever it is, there's opportunities to do that in places um, so you can learn about yourself. And you can learn what it means to be successful there while you're still doing doing your day job. Now, some of us like us, some of we get nudged out, right? Which accelerate <laughs> ex- accelerates that. But for people who feel stuck, do something. Take the first step. Drive action in in the direction of your whatever your desired destination is, and don't let uh, you know the fear of the risk. If you're in the risk, stop you from taking action. The action may not be leave your job. It could be make a phone call, connect with someone on you know, LinkedIn or go volunteer or write the first chapter in that book or whatever that next action is, do that. And then when you, you know, aggregate those over time, you've got something that ultimately you potentially could build or a new direction that you want to go in. So even if people feel stuck where they are and they might be in a situation that they don't have a supportive leader, they don't feel like they're making an impact, you're telling them they're not stuck. There is a way. You can always take these tiny steps, just take it one at a time and be able to make a difference that cumulatively will get them to a better situation. Yeah, I think it's the clarity, right? It's the clarity. People, um, they need clarity on the alignment, right, of, okay, what? What, what is my purpose? What, what are the things that, that energize me and bring me to life versus the things that drain me? What, what is the inventory of stuff I have at, at my disposal through experience, skills, talents, whatever it is? What are those things? And so getting clarity in that will then help me align the actions I take today to get me incrementally closer to that. Because I love, um, there's a, a guy that I know in Atlanta who he would always say, we all end up somewhere we just all, all don't end up somewhere on purpose. And I want to end up somewhere on purpose, right? Versus drifting to a destination that, that I regret in 10 years. But that takes intentionality. It takes clarity. It takes, takes asking yourself some tough questions and spending time really thinking about this. And then at the end of the day, it comes down to take the next best step, whatever that is, drive some action. Where did this intense passion for leadership and purpose start? Is this something that you had from the time you were young? Were you doing this in your preschool room? Or did this start after <laughs> you were in your first job after college? I don't know. That, that's a great question. I think that it's, it's part of um, 
I think it's there's there's definitely part of of just design, right? Of who I am, and um, I'm a big fan of. There's a personality assessment called the Enneagram. I do a lot of team building stuff around the Enneagram, and so uh, that's helped me understand some design components. But then I do think that in college I had I had uh, examples of mentors, and they modeled for me what mentorship, what leadership, what life on life, what developing people, what that looks like, but not just what it looks like, what it does as far as results. And it's just something that it's always been a passion since then. I think it was kind of part, part of its nurture and part of it was, you know, I guess the, the nature part of it, of design. But it's always been something that with my teams, regardless of what we were doing, if it was leading engineers or leading products or leading implementations or customer management or operations, it was always a priority for me was to, how do, how do we and how do I intentionally invest in the next generation of leaders? Um, and that's, I think, from a legacy perspective, the thing for me is like, if I leave something, it's the legacy of the leaders that are left behind, right? And seeing them grow and be promoted and take on more responsibility, be successful, that's the win to me. And it's so much more important than any result that, that we delivered a project or a customer we got live or whatever that may look like. How do you handle work-life balance? Because I think sometimes people misinterpret success in their career as never going to happen unless they spend 80 hours or 70 hours <laughs> doing it. It's, well, I may not be the best person to ask. <laughs> but, I mean, just because my I'm a my personality type is is very action oriented, and I have to be intentional to to slow the hurry and to do things that that slow like slow my my soul down, right? And because I will like left unchecked, and it's like a strength out of control. A lot of times, what makes us makes us great, like our superpowers, are also our kryptonites when they're out of control. And so the good part of this is that I can get things done and get things done fast. The bad part is I can always be on or feel the pressure to do that. And so for me, it probably would look different for you or other people is that it gets back to intentionality. And I think probably the most important skill to develop as a person, and it could be a leader, and a leader is not necessarily a position, but someone who wants to, to grow their influence, is the emotional intelligence side. It's the, the self-awareness, understanding my tendencies that I have and the results that those tendencies create. And then knowing that I can adapt my behavior based on those tendencies to get a different result. So I have to, I have to constantly remind myself that because unchecked, I could stay on my computer for 12 hours, right? But it's like, okay, I need, I need checks in my life. I need to understand myself as well to, to a level to where I know I need to put these, these really safeguards in place that will allow me to make sure I'm not like driving myself crazy or burning myself out. And so I think each of us have to figure out like what, what that rhythm looks like, looks like for us. But I would say it's not going to happen on accident. Nothing good necessarily happens on accident. It's got to be intentional. You have to really make a plan for it. Is that your biggest challenge as a leader to try to slow yourself down from that hurry? Or do you have yeah. something else that's like the most challenging when you're dealing with the team? Yeah, I think. Or yourself. Um, yeah, I think. I had definitely have, have to think about my tendency to move really fast um, just because not everybody is wired the same way that I am. And so that, that manifests itself in a lot of ways, but 
but yeah, I mean, I think that's one that I have to I have to really understand that not everybody views the world the same way that I do. And I need to invest time to understand how you view the world and then change my behavior. And whenever I change my behavior, I'm going to engage you in a way that brings the best out in you. And so I have to tell myself that consciously to do those things. And a lot of it comes through the self, just through self-awareness and emotional intelligence, that aspect. But yeah, I think that that can move really, really fast. And not everybody, I need, I need people around me who slow me down because um, a lot of times the best idea and the best results we need to slow down to get to. Sometimes we need to move really fast. And so it's really that balance. Um, and I think too, it's, it's making the decision. And I've learned this through my career is that a lot of times who I do stuff with is more important than what I do. And so putting the right people around me that is the right mix for me. Like I have a group of people that it's like, I would take them anywhere that I went, right? Because I love working with them, but they also balance me out and they bring strengths and superpowers to the, to the table that I don't have that can allow me to be better because of their superpowers. And so being intentional to put people around me as much as possible that can uh, be that for me. Well, thank you so much for being on. I loved this conversation. It's so important that people understand what does and doesn't work as a leader. And I will post your link to your LinkedIn on here. And then also that article when you were talking about the five times that it's time to consider quitting your job. So yeah, thank you awesome. so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you all for watching. Bye-bye.